Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of a Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. How is everyone doing today? Hey, I just want to thank you for all of the questions that come in. Um, and for those of you who, who are new to our company, uh, our company is based on all things pure, right? That is a, a very simple antidote. And it goes like this. Keep all the toxins out of your dog's body, out of your cat's body, out of your horse's body, and feed them an appropriate species, appropriate diet, whatever species they are. And you will have a very, very healthy dog. Okay. Uh, you want to make sure that all those processed treats are out of their diet, processed kibble food is out of their diet, and also toxins. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about the real risk of heartworm disease in this podcast today. But first, some news that came out of Dogs Naturally, where they're talking about the EPA, they expect to ban hearts flea collars. So those of you, any of you that are using flea collars, get those off your dog. Uh, The EPA Environmental Protection Agency has announced that the flea and tick control products with a chemical called uh, TCVP, well, those aren't safe for human health. Yeah, what about the dogs, though? Uh, but what is TCVP? Well, it's an organ. It's it, it, Here's how it, organ ophosphate. It's an insecticide that is used to control fleas and ticks, as well as various flies, lice, and insect uh, insect larvae on your pets. Okay. It comes in a dust form and this solid form and a liquid form. Um, and it, it's a feed, it's in feed additives as well. Um, but in pest prevention, it comes on collars for pets. Okay. Now these organophosphates were first used, get this guy's as nerve agents in World War II and were banned for home use in 1996. But TCBP has been linked to neurological damage in children and they've still allowed the dogs to wear these around their necks. Are you kidding me? The most popular collars containing this, you know, nerve damaging agent called TCBP are made by Hearts, H-A-R-T. Z and hearts, uh, you know, they produce and sell more than half of all flea and tick collars that are sold in the U.S. Why? Well, because they're cheaper than most other brands. Well, I guess they're cheaper because they cause nerve problems. It's a nerve agent. It's an insecticide. This would be called a toxin. 
Well, here were the EPA findings. In a confusing statement, it says the EPA said, well, they cannot determine that there are no unreasonable adverse effects to human health from residential exposure to TCVP in pet collars. Or this article says in plain English, these collars do pose unacceptable human health risk. Okay, because as we know, all of these three-letter agencies seem to talk out of both sides of their sphincter. Mm, They got sphincter mouth. Mm, Sphincter brain. Um, The EPA's review is a result of petitions by the Environmental uh, Advocacy Group, Natural Resources Defense Council, or NRDC. And they first petitioned for removal of all pet products with TCVP in 2009. Oh my goodness, 2009, that's when this started. And this is 2022, seriously. Mm. They must have the same system as counting ballots. Takes them a long time. All right, well, in July, 2020, the NRDC did succeed in getting hearts to stop selling these dust and powders for cats and dogs and to create thinner collars that contained less of the chemicals. They didn't take it all. They just said it's going to contain less because a little bit of poison is just a okay. I don't, I, I, do you guys take a little bit of poison every day? It's okay. It's all right. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. Well, the EPA said that Hearts is conducting more research into TCVP. Oh, my gosh. And it will incorporate any studies into its future decision. Unless, of course, those studies never make it to uh, fruition, right? And the results are expected by the end of this year. I call BS on that. Uh, The EPA will draft a notice of intent to cancel the TCVP pet collars. Okay, so here's the bottom line, guys. Don't buy anything hearts, H-A-R-T-Z, especially not their flea colors. Right? Don't buy hearts, flea colors, or any other products with T-C-V-P. The EPA says they're not safe for you and your family, and that means they're dang sure not good for your dog or your cat either. Now, they may not put the word T-C-V-P, VP in there. So let me see if I can uh, pronounce this word. It's tetrachlorvinfos. Tetrachlorvinfos. Chlorvinfos. T-E-T-R-A-C-H-L-O-R-V-I-N-P-H-O-S or T-C-V-P for short. Yeah, don't buy those toxic things for your animals. They ain't good. They ain't good at all. Now, flea and tick uh, products are typically uh, not good for your pet either, but I can't tell you how many times I hear, well, I'm in this area that's full of ticks or full of fleas or full of mosquitoes. I've got to do it. No, there's other things that you can do if you so choose. All right. But I want to read this article that was written by uh, our consulting vet, Dr. Judy Jasek. Um, She wrote this back in March of 2021. And the article is in our expert section. It's going to be 
in the health issues category, but it says, you know, when it comes to assessing your pet's risk of getting heartworm disease, you must first look at the life cycle of the worm and the environmental requirements for its development, okay? So heartworm disease can't spread directly from dog to dog. The larva must develop in the mosquito first, all right? So the first risk factor is how many mosquitoes is your dog exposed to? That's really the first thing that you want to look at. How many mosquitoes is your dog exposed to? And if you live in or take your dog to areas where there are many mosquitoes, then the risk may be higher. Now, it's also very important to understand that the temperature requirements for heartworm development in the mosquito, all right? So if these these requirements are not met, then the larva will basically uh, not be able to infect a dog that it bites. So let's look into this a little bit further. All right. The development of the heartworm larva in the mosquito is dependent on a temperature that remains above 57 degrees. It needs to be warmer than 57 degrees for at least 30 straight days and at least two weeks of temperatures over 80 degrees. Okay. It's dependent on a temperature that remains above 57 for at least 30 days straight and at least two weeks of temperatures over 80 degrees. And I know in the summer times that a a lot of these places are going to meet those conditions. Uh, But if those conditions are not fulfilled, the parasitic life cycle cannot be completed and your dog is safe. So, for example, here in Colorado, it's a rare nighttime it, it, it's rare at, at nighttime that the temperatures stay above 57 degrees for 30 days. Um, so typically here in Colorado, we say you, you don't need that. Um, our temperatures dip into the 30s and the 40s during the night. So there's zero risk of heartworm, even though the mosquitoes might be plentiful. So, all right, for those of you that don't live here in Colorado, let's look at this. What, what happens if your dog is bitten? by an infected mosquito. Well, when a mosquito carrying the heartworm larva bites your dog, the larva is deposited in the muscle tissue. And its final destination is the pulmonary artery near the heart. But it takes two and a half to four months for it to arrive there. Once your dog gets bit by an infected mosquito, it takes two and a half to four months for it to arrive in the pulmonary artery near the heart. So when the heartworm larva reaches the pulmonary artery, it then takes about three to four months to reach maturity. So we get about eight months going on here. And Dr. Jasek says, it's easy to see that it takes somewhere between five and a half and eight months for the heartworm larva to mature into an adult worm and that your dog should be safe if you admitted, if you were to administer heartworm prevention once every three months rather than the standard monthly recommendation. Now, she says, if this is all true, 
the question is, why is the medication, why is heartworm medication recommended every month? And if you've ever heard my podcast with Dr. Jason, she's going to tell you this over and over again, because these recommendations come from the manufacturer of the preventative. And these companies are often owned by larger corporations looking to what? Make a cha-ching, a profit. So once they determine that giving the medication monthly is effective in preventing heartworm, they have no incentive to investigate the possibility that giving it less frequently could be just as effective. And if they did that, that would be encouraging consumers to buy less product and therefore cutting their cha-ching. Maybe they would just have the cha and not the ching at that time. Now, while it is convenient to do the monthly preventative, it's important to remember that these drugs are not benign. They're not benign and are, in fact, toxic to the nervous system. That is how they eliminate the heartworms in the first place. So it's really important that you guys understand this cycle and that you carefully consider the recommendations for dosing if you're going to do heartworm and determine what is the most appropriate for you and your dog. There is, however, a DNA test for heartworm larvae that is much more sensitive than the more commonly used antigen test, which tests for the adult heartworm. By doing this test, Dr. Jasek says, at the end of heartworm season, where you live will determine if your dog has been exposed and then can be given a preventative only then if necessary. If the heartworm season where you live is longer than four months, based on the temperature guidelines that I just stated, then just test your dog for this, do this DNA test for the heartworm lava every four months. And then you're going to be, you're going to be set. If you, if you want your pet to live the best life possible, it's up to you to become educated enough to make the best decisions for your pet's health and not just follow the manufacturer's recommendations or those who are making a cha-ching um, from these recommendations. You can get this information. I would take a look at how many dogs have suffered uh, neuro neurological issues, even death uh, due to these products. And then I would also search out what are the alternative to these products. Well, the biggest the biggest alternative is it just keep the mosquitoes away, right? There's all types of mosquito um, deterrents out there, especially in essential oils. All right, you can spray them on their lawn. Um, there's you know you can spray them on the dogs. I would not suggest doing something like a mosquito Joe's. That is a toxin that's going to kill all those mosquitoes in the air. Just remember this. We're trying to keep toxins out of the dog. You want to keep toxins out of your body. Because at some point, the body can't rid itself of those any longer. And it breaks down. So now you know.
there's risk in everything. There's risk with everything in life, but you don't have to do risky situations out of fear. Where you live, you may not even need to do um, heartworm. Certainly, you don't need to do it every month. And I, I really love this DNA test and just testing uh, for those larvae at every four months. And then you can treat. Then you can deal with it. All right. I hope that you guys will get your dog on a species appropriate diet. Uh, raw fed dogs are much, much less uh, susceptible to these pests. Uh, I think it's because they don't have a bunch of yeast on them. Their skin's different. They smell different. Um, I don't think these bugs and pests are as attracted to these type of, of uh, raw fed dogs. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet. I'm telling you, it's super easy. Don't make it complicated. Don't try to figure out, is this complete and balanced in every meal? That doesn't even exist. All right. There's a lot of stuff going around about iodine. You want enough iodine in your dog's diet? Do a variety, variety, variety feed, uh, sardines, salmon, or eggs. You're going to get plenty of iodine out of that. All right. You start jockeying with micronutrients. Um, yeah, and, and minerals, I think you're going to upset the balance in your pet. All right, let's make it easy. You can do this. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.